Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Embodiment Podcast. My name is Courtney Violetta, and I am so grateful to be sharing this space with you whenever and wherever you are listening to this. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of the Taurus archetype because on April 30th, we have the Taurus new moon, a solar eclipse, and the new moon is actually a black moon. So there's a lot happening and we're going to be diving into the archetype of Taurus and how you can evolve out of the shadows of that sign and alchemize it on this new moon. If you don't know what a black moon is, by the way, it is essentially the same thing as a blue moon. A blue moon is when there are two full moons within a calendar month. So the second full moon is going to be the blue moon. So when you hear it's once in a blue moon, that means that it's a pretty rare event. So on April 30th, we have the black moon, which means it is the second new moon of this calendar month. Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to invite you to join our Facebook group called the Embodiment Community. It will be linked in the show notes, but this Facebook group is my happy place. It is your home base where you can ask questions about your spirituality, different things that you're uncovering, give recommendations, share your downloads, your dreams at night and your actual dreams in life. You can share some inspiration, make comments about the podcast episodes. It is just a place where you can always be supported along your path. And it's my way to really connect with you guys and for you to really just have a community of people who are growing in their spirituality just like you. So I would absolutely love to have you join us there and hang out. It is such a nice place. Everybody is so positive and welcoming. And when you do join, definitely introduce yourself into the Facebook group. I absolutely love to learn about where you guys are from and where you are on your path. I also wanted to announce that I have a free morning bliss protocol for you guys if you are interested in really just transforming your day from the start. This includes a daily meditation that you do every single morning and a digital journal for you to use alongside that. This meditation is designed to help you align with your highest timeline for the day and assist you in developing your psychic intuition. So I promise that if you use these together every single morning, first thing in the morning, you are going to see radical shifts in your life. And this can be found on my website, CourtneyVioletta.com forward slash morning bliss protocol. The link will be in the show notes. So I really wish that I had started this podcast a little bit earlier so that I could make an entire episode on Aries because Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. And unfortunately, I didn't have the chance to do that. So we're going to do a little bit of playing it catch up for a second because it is really important to understand the story of the Zodiac. And as we go forward with this podcast, every single month, I'm going to be doing something similar, breaking down the archetype of that Zodiac sign and going into either the full moon or the new moon, whichever comes closest to when the episode releases. So let's play catch up with Aries for a second. Aries is the first sign in the zodiac. In the story of the zodiac, Aries comes first. When we think of our birth chart, we have the 12 houses. And each zodiac sign holds a static position in the 12 houses. So Aries, being the first sign of the zodiac, naturally is static in the first house. The first house holds the energy of Aries. But of course, at the time of our birth, the signs are in different houses, right? Depending on your rising sign. So in your birth chart, 
you can see what house Aries falls in and it might be something totally different, you know, than the first house. But the first house naturally will hold the energy of Aries and the same with the rest of the houses. So that's a way that you can really help yourself to read your birth chart by seeing the sign and the house from the eyes of the archetype of that house. Aries is ruled by Mars and it's all about how you bring the energy of taking action into the world. The first house rules the self. It's the beginning of the journey. And when you think of Aries, you know, they're the first sign. So they are the beginners. They are the warriors. They have no concept of the past or what could go wrong because they are they're new to this. It's it's a whole new experience to them. They just want to experience as much as they can. Just go push forward like a warrior without any idea of what could go wrong. They are full of fire and ambition. And I love Aries. They're all about that fire energy and ambition. And how you express yourself and show up for yourself while you are on this hero's journey. How you step forward in the world and how you fight for whatever it is that you want. And again, the Aries archetype isn't thinking about what could go wrong or all the different, you know, situations that are coming. Aries just has blinders on and is charging ahead with its determination leading the way. So once you learn about who you are with Aries in the first house, we then move into the second house where Taurus resides. This is where you learn about what you value and what's important to you. And it's not just what you value, but it's also physical value such as resources, land, water, and money. So look to see where Taurus falls in your chart and you'll find that you're going to place a lot of value in whatever that area is. So for me, I have Taurus in my eighth house, which is the energy of Scorpio. So I hold a lot of value on spirituality and morals and seeking knowledge and connection and love and sex and mysticism and like all of that kind of Scorpio energy is what I place a lot of value on. Now Taurus is ruled by the planet Venus, which is all about relationships and sensual beauty. The Vedic name for Venus is Shukra, which means shining, luminous, and bright. And when we look up at the sky, we can almost always see Venus because it's so bright. It's one of the brightest stars in the sky. It also refers to the seed of new beginnings and of reproductive fluids. So you can see how this is depicting Venus through love and sexuality. Venus is also the Greek goddess of love and beauty and abundance. And like the Greek goddess Aphrodite, she's born of the ocean. So you'll notice that many Taurians are very drawn to water. They feel very sensual and are really tapped into their divine feminine energy when they are around water. And water is very representative of the sexual fluids as well and drawing in that creative energy. So one of the best ways for a Taurus to really balance out their energy is to be around water. And because Taurus is ruled by Venus, they are very sensual and luxurious people. When I think of a true Taurus, I see them laying in a Baroque style or Rococo style bedroom with velvet curtains and velvet maroon blankets and gold 
everywhere and it's just so luxurious and they're laying in bed being served their favorite foods like I just see them indulging in the finer things in life and loving to just relax and do all of the things that make them so happy and at peace and they won't let anybody step on their toes while doing it. The symbol of Taurus is very representative of the full moon with a crescent moon attached to the top of it with the symbol being the face and horns of a bull but the two different moons attached are very significant. The moon is said to be exalted in Taurus, meaning that it's very comfortable in that sign. So this upcoming new moon in Taurus is a very comfortable position for the moon to be in, even though it's an eclipse. So that might stir up some energy. But in the symbol, this upturned crescent moon is like a bowl just waiting to be poured into it with gold and a abundance in all its forms just waiting to receive that material abundance so many people who have a lot of taurus energy in their chart are very fixated on gaining a mass amount of wealth and abundance but again wherever taurus falls in your chart that wealth or abundance will look very different so it with it being in my eighth house that could be an abundance of knowledge you know it doesn't have to be financial abundance or it, I mean it could mean like a form of abundance will come based off of that topic so just look to see wherever it falls in your chart because it can be interpreted in different ways to understand more of the essence of Taurus I want to dive a bit into the energy of the second house because they are one in the same the second house holds karmic resources that you've brought back with you from past lives so any planets that you have in your second house will indicate different things that you're bringing back from a past life such as talents skills resources different people in your life all that you have gained throughout past lives that have some sort of a karmic connection so a really great planet to have in the second house is Jupiter because this might mean you probably have a really good relationship with money. You can manifest it easily. Wherever Jupiter is, by the way, in your chart is pretty much like a luck charm, a good luck charm. I love Jupiter. <laughs> but if it's in the second house, yes, it's very good. It has um, a deep connection to gaining financial wealth in this lifetime because you've had it in other lifetimes as well. Um, it always comes to you in the nick of time. Just when you need some money, it always happens to come to you. Or maybe you were even born into a wealthy family. And on the other hand, if you have a lot of blockages around money, um, you can't seem to manifest it well, you kind of are struggling all the time to make enough, you might have Saturn in your second house. And Saturn is like the father figure of the Zodiac. Saturn is very karmic. Capricorns are ruled by Saturn. We struggle a lot with this, <laughs> this placement. Now, just know that if this is in your second house or wherever Saturn falls, this is not set in stone forever, right? Astrology is just a roadmap. It's not like this is definitive we can work around the different energies by alchemizing and transmuting them so saturn being that father figure is trying to help you remember your karma if you're struggling in this life a lot with financial wealth or gaining any sort of stability 
try to go within and see what you're you're holding on to from either you know your past lives or different beliefs that you were taught as a child from or watching from your family not even like necessarily spoken about but just things you observed as a child what are some beliefs you hold about money and scarcity and how you can learn to transmute those and overcome them in this lifetime because you're in control. Taurus is a strong feminine energy. It is incredibly resourceful because we're coming from Aries, that fiery, no consequences, living life to the fullest with the fullest amount of energy. We're coming from that and then Taurus comes in and is asking us to stabilize that energy. It's being resourceful with that ambition, to ask questions, to be more grounded and sturdy in our footing and continuing that ambition forward, but creating and leaving beauty and sensual energy and things in bloom all around you as you walk forward. It's like Aries is the pioneer that discovers the land through its adventurous demeanor, but then Taurus is the one that cultivates it and plants flowers and crops and, you know, starts like a farm. And they are the ones who use resources to make sure that they can be safe and secure. So they'll be planting all these vegetables and fruits and flowers and Taurus is very much filled with the energy of spring with that reproductive energy watching things slowly begin to grow with sensual energy and it's filled with the divine seed of creation from the reproductive fluids to the seed that gives life Taurus need to witness the expression of their actions they feel that an experience doesn't really have meaning unless it's fulfilling some sort of purpose whereas aries lives life for the impulses so taurus being a fixed sign is much more careful and that carefulness and that slow and steady growth is very sensual in nature they know that when they're watching something unfold, it's beautiful and sensual and it just makes them feel like complete. They know that it takes a very long time for a seed to grow into a massive tree. So they enjoy the process of seeing things really come to fruition. They know that the seed needs to be tended to. It needs to be, you know, the ground needs to be raked or I'm not a gardener, so I don't know the names, but it has to be watered. It has to have soil and fertilizer maybe. Again, I don't know. I'm sure Taurus knows because they love plants, but they know that it needs a lot of tending to and love for it to grow. And to make the roots really wide and strong and deep to be really secure in the ground before seeing that tree even begin to pop up out of the earth and begin to reach new heights. So Taurus have to see things with their own eyes before seeing the tree begin to reach new heights or before it even peaks up out of the earth. So because of this, Taurians are very much sturdy people. They do not like change. They like things to be the way that it's working constantly for them. They don't see a reason to change if something's already working because they know that their efforts have gone wide and deep 
and it's very stable and sturdy and secure. Taurians are very driven by the need for security. They want to feel safe in their career, in love, in their home. They don't like change because again, it stirs up that sense of what is safe and secure to them. They feel like they need more money and more luxury and that not only comes from the aspect of Venus, but because they need to feel the sense of financial security, that they're they are their happiest at home where they are safe. They are happiest when they know that their bank accounts are full. And on the same token, they love to be able to know that they have a lot of food and resources and water. Like they might be the type of people that have a bunker like when some just because something could go wrong one day. They just want to have that security. They are the ones that are always going to be prepared because they've thought ahead and they want to make sure that they are always safe and secure. The positive sides of Taurus, uh, there are so many. I love Taurus. They are incredibly composed and calm and affectionate and generous, and this all really comes from that Venus energy. They're also very loyal and protective and also productive. They are very hard workers. When they know that something is working for them, like they have a good stable income or whatever it is, they are going to work really, really hard. Taurians are stereotypically very stubborn and unfortunately this is very true for most of them. Even in my own experience, I love Taurians. But yes, they can be very stubborn. And this is more so in that shadow aspect of this Taurus sign. Because it can be without any reason that they're stubborn. They can be kind of aloof sometimes or very hard and sarcastic, but almost in like a mean way and rigid and money hungry and overindulgent. Those are some of the shadow sides of Taurus as well. And again, I love Taurus. I love how loyal they are. And with them being a fixed sign, they really do struggle with change. They can't be rushed into anything new because again, they like to see that things are growing beneath the surface and their efforts are working in ways that other people might not be able to see. But they don't want to change because they've been working so hard at creating a stable foundation. So where whereas Aries would be like, they might plant some seeds, but they'd go on to the next adventure without waiting to see the fruition of what they've done. Taurus likes to just enjoy the journey of watching things unfold before them without going on to the next thing. So they cannot be rushed into anything new. They don't really like to try something else if the original way is working just fine. And I can't blame them. So now with the moon in Taurus, if you have um, a moon in Taurus as well, you'll definitely relate to this. But we really see this need for security show up when the moon is in Taurus through financial and emotional security. So you might be holding on to emotions or grudges that really need to be let go. You might just be holding on to this stuck energy, this emotional security that might might feel like it's helping you in some way because it makes you feel safe and it's what you know, but it's hurting you in the long run. This is when we're really being called to make these sacrifices from what is no longer working 
and it's what we know, but we need to change. So make the sacrifice to change for your own new sense of safety and progression. So you might find yourself feeling stuck in old patterns, whether that's in a current relationship or in mental states, like finding safety in your dark shadows within yourself. So when the moon enters Taurus, you're going to need to recognize the part that you are playing in your own situation because the moon in Taurus is very emotionally repressed. It has difficulty expressing emotions and feelings verbally. This is when a Taurus is really craving attention. Again, their Venus energy, they love attention and they love to feel sexual and sensual and have all the amazing like chocolate covered strawberries and just made to feel really luxurious and appreciated. So Taurus being the really hardworking people that they are, and also incredibly stubborn sometimes, they are big softies on the inside. So if you've been feeling like you've been giving so much of yourself and you're at a breaking point where you really need some comfort and affection, this is the time to reach out to some people. Like if you want to, or even you don't even have to reach out, this might be a really great time to just go to the spa or, you know, do some self-care practices, something that like makes you feel affection to yourself, something that makes you feel your absolute best. Make yourself feel that luxurious Venus energy, whatever that feels to you, because you might be craving some affection or like a job well done, some praise, and I'll do that for you. You are doing a kick-ass job. You are doing so good at just being who you are. So keep going and allow yourself to just relax for a few days. Allow yourself to just be absorbed by that sensual energy. Go get a massage. Go get a facial. This is the perfect time to treat yourself. So with this Taurus new moon on April 30th, you've been planting your seeds and persistently watering them, tending to them every single day out in the hot sun, and your persistent effort in whatever that metaphor represents to you is calling for rest. It's time to just relax, take a deep breath, Show yourself some appreciation, but it's also time to go within. On the new moon eclipse, we're going to feel like some patterns just keep repeating. Like we're spinning in spirals and never getting anywhere. It's very much like a why me type of energy. Like why do these same problems keep appearing? Why is it so difficult to fix this? Like why do I keep bringing in relationships that are terrible? Like why do people keep treating me this way? Why do I keep saying these things to myself? Why do I keep doing this and that? And no matter how hard I try, things just stay the same. The pattern keeps repeating. So this energy might be really heightened for you around this time because you are meant to be seeing that pattern fully and alchemizing it. So that's what we're going to be focusing on within this new moon eclipse. So with this episode, I really dove deep into different elements of astrology, such as Vedic astrology, past life astrology, tropical astrology, also the energy of oracle cards, tarot cards, my own psychic intuition, as well as the gene keys, which is my current form of study at the moment. So this is very interesting. I'm going to dive a little bit into what the gene keys are saying for this day and the gene key that we're going to be entering is 
Jinki 24. So the shadow of Jinki 24 is the energy of addiction. And addiction doesn't mean something like specific uh, psychologically, like a psychological addiction, like drugs or alcohol, but more of our behavior and our self-limiting actions that are at the basic level addictions. We're addicted to saying certain things. We're addicted to feeling a certain way, even though we don't want it, right? That's like what addictions are. We don't want them. So this shadow is one that comes from a low frequency throughout our entire being. It prevents you from stepping out of your comfort zone physically and mentally and emotionally. It's very Torian energy. We don't want to change because it's who we are, right? But it's not. When I was dealing with a lot of mental health issues, my mind was telling me that's comfortable. That's safe. This is my safe space. Why would I want to experience like happiness when I don't even know what that is anymore? It's scary. It's change. So I understand that like change can be scary even in a mental state like that. But that's not who we are. That's just the shadow telling us that's who we are. It is the shadow side to ourselves. And we only will come to realize this through silence, stillness, and contemplation. So on this new moon, you'll have this realization that you've been fully operating in this shadow in some element of your life. So you'll be saying like, why me? Why is this happening? You'll see the pattern show up for yourself. And this is your opportunity to acknowledge it and allow yourself to change. Because in the past, we have maybe acknowledged this, but have not allowed ourselves to change, right? Even though you want to be a better version of yourself, you don't really know what that means. You need to discover what these addictions are that are holding you back so that you can change. Because without doing that, things will never change. So we begin to recreate and reenact those same scenarios over and over again without realizing what it is that we're doing. We are like stuck on this repeating loop that is only going to be broken by finding these addictions and alchemizing them, sitting with them, contemplating them. So when you sit quietly, what happens? What comes up? What stories begin to play in your head? Do certain things from 10 years ago that might have been embarrassing start running through your head? That's anxiety. What is it at the core of the message that's coming up to you? What is the underlying belief? Just realizing that you're in an addictive pattern is the way to begin to shift this shadow. Think of the solar eclipse as the light that is illuminating the darkness. So how can you find the gift within this shadow? How are you going to rewrite that repeating pattern? When we begin to experience shifts in awareness and begin to take steps to make a real change in our lives, we realize like, oh my God, things are changing. I don't like this. I'm not safe. No, no, no. Things are shaking up. I, I'm not in my comfort zone anymore. I'm not like in my cocoon like I once was even if the behavior is toxic and unhealthy. But by allowing yourself to be present in that in-between time of adjusting to a new way of thinking or a new way of acting or feeling and begin to notice when that behavior comes back into your experience, 
that is when real shifts will begin to take place. And if you don't allow yourself to be present with this in-between time, you'll begin to feel uncomfortable and totally like, ew, I don't like this feeling of change. I'm not safe. So you'll begin to go back to those patterns, those addictions that you were so comfortable with without even realizing that you're doing it, which is the terrible thing about it. We'll keep going in this spiral over and over and over again, going in circles. But instead of going in circles, we want to rise up. So in order to avoid this feeling of falling into a pit of darkness over and over and over again, instead of distracting yourself from that stillness where all that magic happens and it's going to take place, that's where the gift of stillness comes into play. Within this stillness is the opportunity to quantum leap out of that repeating cycle and into a true new beginning when you're in this stillness it can feel incredibly destabilizing but if you do not fully surrender to it nothing will change and you'll be stuck in that shadow of the taurus energy the shadow of the 24th gene key addiction is a mindset in this case and it's going to keep you running in circles but the mindset of invention which is the gift of the 24th gene key is going to help you rise out of that so when we think of the gift of the shadow it is how we are able to live our lives from within the light it's not fully expressing itself in the highest form but it is what we all are trying to achieve is the gift of each shadow. So when you take time to rest and sit in contemplation, you allow your brain to really start manifesting different resolutions and having different discoveries and tapping into your creative energy. When you are tapping into this creative reproductive sensual energy you're going to be able to see the answers come to life like seeds before your eyes the answers are blossoming before you they are what you've been looking for but you could never actually see or step into because you were not in this space of calm when you are in a calm state when you turn off all the distractions you are allowed to fully receive what it is that you need you'll be able to finally step out of that repeating cycle and shift up another octave and in silence and stillness that's really where the magic of life really begins. You can't think of a creative, brand new, innovative idea if you're constantly distracted all the time and don't allow your mind to take a break. We need time for our imaginations to just go. So this is the seed that Taurus is planting and tending to. If you sit and contemplate every single day for five minutes and you are continuing to water that seed it will grow and grow and you will no longer be running in spirals time and time again so this is where we really can use our imagination and our creativity when we sit down to do some sort of ritual on the new moon solar eclipse the black moon on april 30th so there's so many different things that you can do but I guess I'll share what I think I will be doing. So how I would go about this is I would write a list of all of the different addictions that I have come across or have come to mind in my life recently that just keep bumping into 
my experience over and over again. Something that I've actually noticed, you know, it's not something that I have to think about too hard. It's something that really just is. It's there all the time in different forms, but it's there. The ones that I can think of the top of my head are maybe not accepting compliments about my body. My instinct or my addiction would be to respond with, ew, no, stop. Like you're, you're kidding. You know, even though I don't really mean it, like I would love to be like, oh my God, thank you. That's so sweet. But my reaction is to be, ew, no, stop. Another one that comes to my mind is Whenever I don't embody that people-pleasing mentality that I've grown up with, I get really anxious thinking that the other person hates me, is going to fire me, is going to lash out at me. Um, And I spend days and days and days in this state of anxiety. So writing down a few of these, I would break it down into just a few words to really get to the root of that addictive thought or behavior. And at the root of it, there's a belief. So for the first one about rejecting compliments about my body, my belief would probably be that I'm not safe being seen. Like I don't want somebody to see me enough to be able to comment on my body. And this shadow comes up time and time again. I sometimes even self-deprecate before somebody else can even acknowledge how I look. And that's something I've worked on so many times in so many different ways, but these shadows are sneaky and they'll find different ways to show up in your life. So even though I've done so many meditations on, you know, becoming safe, I'm safe in my body, they still show up in different elements. So keep digging deeper then. Why don't I want to be seen? It comes down to not feeling safe being seen. For the second one, the people-pleasing mentality, why don't I want to share my beliefs? Well, because I don't want to disappoint people. I don't want to be yelled at or reprimanded or called stupid. And if I kept digging deeper, the fear isn't in disappointing others. It's a fear in being lashed out on, a fear of not being safe. So at the core of both, the shadow that this mental addiction is just running wild with is not feeling safe. So for a ritual, I would write down an affirmation that is the opposite of that belief. So I am safe. I am safe in my skin. I am safe in my body. I am safe in my mind. I am safe in my house. I am safe. And in order to really amplify this Taurus energy with this ritual, and in order to really amplify this Taurus energy, you can get really creative. You can make an art piece. You can do any sort of creative element. You can dress in your most luxurious outfit. You can wear whatever makes you feel your absolute best and that allows you to step into that sensual energy. Then look in the mirror and feel your sexiest self and say those affirmations to yourself in the mirror. Look yourself in the eyes and feel how this slow sensual energy is planting and watering that seed of affirmation in your mind. So you can move sensually as you look at yourself in the mirror. You can begin to move your body. You can run your hands through your hair. You can run your hands all over your body. You can do whatever you want to to feel luxurious and sexual and sensual. You can light candles and maybe even have some flowers around and you can rub them on your face or do whatever 
whatever makes you feel like your best, most luxurious, sensual self. And of course, as you're looking at yourself in the eyes, in the mirror, you're repeating these affirmations over and over and over again. And then you can do whatever you want after that. I would probably do maybe a fire burning ritual or a candle spell or candle intention, whatever you want to call it. Um, The eclipse is a great time to do either or. I don't love to manifest with the eclipses because I personally believe that it is more about the light illuminating the darkness. So to me, it's more about releasing and calling in what I would like instead. So it's a little bit of both. But if you do a fire burning ritual, you can write down all of those feelings you have, all of those addictions you have, um, the behaviors, and just toss them into a bowl and light a fire on them. <laughs> and you could put some herbs in there, get really creative, like whatever feels meaningful to you, you can do that. Um, I think I'm going to do a candle spell. So I will take a candle probably white and carve into it with my fingernail affirmations, the affirmations that I am safe. I am at peace. I am exactly who I'm meant to be. I am perfect as I am, whatever it is. And then sit down with that candle as it burns down completely while in a meditative state. So this can take like two to three hours, you know, but if you're just sitting and watching this candle burn with holding that intention for that long of I am safe I am whatever your intention is or your affirmation you are putting so much energy out into the universal field which will come back to you and my biggest advice after doing your ritual is to then make sure you are utilizing the gift of the shadow itself so dedicate a few minutes every single day to sit in silence and contemplation so that you can say these affirmations in your mind and allow your mind to heal and work through and process, alchemize this addiction. And that way you're allowing your mind to just be, to just be in stillness, which is so important for us. Even if it's five minutes, that is perfectly okay. So one promise you can do to yourself after this new moon is for the next two weeks until the full moon i'm going to sit down for five minutes every day with no tv no distractions no cell phone and just be quiet and say my affirmations over and over and over again as a mantra i am safe i am safe you could sing it as a song whatever you want to do And what's great is that doing this might actually become something you enjoy doing and it could help you start your meditative practice if you don't have one already. So I use the app Insight Timer to track my meditations. It is great. It's free. You can also upgrade, but the free version is great too. It gives you milestones for every 10 consecutive days, which I love. I love seeing little stars pop up. So maybe you will like that too and continue on doing these little meditations every single day after these two weeks. But I hope that you at least give that a shot Let me know in the Facebook group what ritual you're going to be doing during this beautiful Taurus new moon solar eclipse. I'm so excited to hear. And it's just a beautiful energy overall. You know, illuminating the shadows, it's not scary. It's an opportunity to really 
get ourselves out of that stuck, stagnant energy that keeps repeating, you know, and just thrive and uplift ourselves into the next higher octave. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode and are excited for this new moon solar eclipse in the Facebook group. Let me know what you're going to be doing for your ritual and also let me know if you would like me to lead like some sort of ritual with you in the future through like Zoom or something. I think that would be really fun and a great way to get together as a community. With gratitude, I will see you next week with another episode.